Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your host. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, we're going to be telling you guys part one of the story covering Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy. So grab your fire department coffee and let's get into it. continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for a patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com slash crime over coffee pod thank you again for all of your support 17 year old michelle carter met her boyfriend 18-year-old Conrad Roy in 2012. They were on vacation in Florida. Both families had vacation homes down there. And Conrad's aunt actually introduced the two of them because she knew that they were around the same age and thought that they could hang out when they were in Florida. They hung out. They rode some bikes. They went to the beach and overall had a pretty good time. They exchanged phone numbers and found out that they actually only lived about an hour away from each other in Massachusetts. Conrad and Michelle stated that they had fallen in love with each other pretty quickly into this, and they talked all day, every day. However, due to the fact that they only lived an hour away and just their schedules in general, they only actually met with each other about five times in person in the span of two years. That's not unheard of. I mean, long distance relationships are pretty common. So their relationship was pretty much based all through texting because they were able to get together. They did talk on the phone some, but their relationship was secretive enough and like low key enough that his mom actually never even knew that he was in a relationship with her. So she knew that Conrad had been talking to her quite a bit, but didn't actually know that they were in a relationship. 15 year old Michelle Carter met her boyfriend, Conrad Roy, who was 16 years old in 2012. So a little bit of background about Conrad. He had been living with his parents. And then when he got older, his parents, Lynn Roy and Conrad Roy Jr. So it's going to get a little confusing. I will preface this now. Um, Conrad was the third Conrad in their family. So Conrad Jr. is his father, Conrad Sr. is his grandfather, and then Conrad is just the young boy that we're talking about in this story, just to make sense. So he was living with his mom, Lynn Roy, and Conrad Roy Jr., and they ended up getting divorced. Um, I believe this was in his like middle school years. And in high school, Conrad started struggling a lot with depression and with like getting homework done and all kinds of different things. There was actually a video that he made in June of 2014 where he sat down at a computer and talked about his social anxiety and his depression and basically his experiences with it, his like the way that it portrays itself for him and how he feels like they are controlling him. 
So his parents had tried helping Conrad with, you know, finding psychiatrists and counseling and all kinds of different things in order to get him the mental health help that he needed. And they thought that he was doing better, but over time we kind of learned that maybe that's not actually how, maybe that wasn't actually the case. So flash forward a few years from when Michelle and Conrad first met. So they've been texting for, for two years now. Conrad is now 18. Michelle is now 17. And they're still living about an hour away from each other, attending different schools, have different friend groups, but they are still texting and talking on the phone all the time and still in their relationship. On July 13th, 2014, Conrad doesn't come home in the morning and his mom, Lynn, reports him missing. So in the report that he was missing, um, Conrad was believed to be in a black Ford 250 pickup truck that had been registered to his grandfather, Conrad Sr. Police were out searching for him. Family was out searching for him. And his grandfather, Conrad Sr., actually received a phone call from someone that knew him and said, hey, your truck is in the back of a Kmart parking lot just sitting there and there's caution tape all around it now and police are there. So Conrad Sr. obviously hauls butt over to the Kmart to figure out what's going on. And he does call Conrad Jr. and tells them the truck was found. Well, I'm going to see if Conrad's there. When he gets there, Conrad Jr. also shows up. Lynn does not show up, um, which there's a documentary that I watched for this episode that is available on HBO that I'll talk about later on. So I'm going to have a couple notes from the family and stuff. But Lynn doesn't show up because she said it was just going to be too hard for her to be there if her son was found dead or not in a good condition. So Conrad Sr. goes up to the car. And when Conrad Jr. arrives, Conrad Sr. says, your son is dead. Um, And they obviously the news gets back to Lynn But Lynn said in the documentary as well, you know, she said, if I had gone to that parking lot and seen Conrad, I never would have left. You know, I mean, it's a good point. It comes up a lot. There's, it's understandable completely. Like, there's a way you're trying to remember whoever you know and love that has passed away. And so, truly, she didn't need to be there. There were people there. We say this probably too much, but I can't even imagine No, it would have definitely been a hard situation. And I just want to point out the reason why she didn't go there. I I don't know if she got backlash, but she did want to make note of it in the documentary. With Conrad, the police found a few different things. They found his cell phone. However, this was dead by the time that they found him. They found a journal that he had left filled with multiple suicide notes that he had written for his family and for his girlfriend, Michelle. And they found the passwords for his laptop and his cell phone. They also found in his truck a generator that he had used to kill himself by poisoning himself with carbon monoxide. So, like I said, the phone was found dead and the police almost were like, we're not even going to look through it. But then they decided this 18-year-old boy just killed himself. We should maybe see if we can find out why. Why? 
So they actually grab the phone and they charge it up and they decide to look through it. And the Fairhaven police detectives, Scott Gordon and Glenn Coodmore, actually start looking through all of the messages and they see that the, fair, that the first thing that comes up is text messages with Michelle Carter. And these were the last text messages that he had sent or received. And they download thousands upon thousands of messages and they actually like print them all off and the two detectives take them home and like split them up over a couple days so that they can read through all of them because there's so many they find some suspicious texts on his phone that make them want to interview with michelle so they actually go to her high school in rentham massachusetts so they can interview her and their interview takes place on October 2nd, 2014. They ask her, you know, when was the last time you talked to Conrad? And she says, I last talked to him on the 11th. I didn't talk to him on the 12th. Which, if you remember, he went missing. He was reported missing on the 13th for going, for not coming home. And... She said, you know, Conrad's talked about suicide for a while. And when she tried to get him help, he told her that nobody would help him. And she said that she did talk to him the night before the 12th, but the phone hung up and she kind of just dismissed it. But she didn't think anything of it because she wasn't sure how to help him. Detectives did have enough information from Conrad's phone that they were able to get a warrant for Michelle's phone to be able to look through that. So they do take her phone um, and that's where they get a bunch of text messages as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Abby and I are actually going to read through the transcripts for some of these messages. Abby is going to read as Conrad and I'm going to be reading as Michelle. So I'll tell you the date and the time that they were sent and then we're going to read them exactly as they were published there will also be a link in our description if you guys want to read those for yourself because we're only reading some abby we're going to start with the one on 7 12 14 at 4 28 in the morning no you're not conrad last night was it you keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it but you never do it's always going to be that way if you don't take action you're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off you just have to do it do you want to do it now is it too late IDK, it's already light outside. I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. No, it's probably the best time now because everyone's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck and no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And you can say you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. Tonight, asterisk. Love you. And then there's a bunch of text messages that we're skipping. And then... Um, this next set of messages are just two messages that Michelle sent to Conrad. You're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat at you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and be free and happy. No more pushing it off. No more waiting. 
This one was on 7-12-2014 at 10.08 in the morning is when this part started. I would never leave you. You're the love of my life. My boyfriend. You're my heart. I would never leave you. Aw, smiley face. Smiley face. I love you. Love you too. Happy face. Then about 11 minutes later, there are some more messages between the two at 10.21 that same day. I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. I do want to, but like I'm freaking out for my family, I guess. IDKKK. Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and will help them get through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much and they just do it. I know, I know, LOL. Thinking just drives me more crazy. Exactly. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. You can't keep doing this every day. Okay, I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. I have to now. Like right now? Where do I go, frowny face? And you can't break a promise and just go in a quiet parking lot or something. Okay. This part of the conversation takes place a little bit later in the day, 10.51 a.m., um, on 7-12. Are you going now? Either that or go to the beach. Why would you go to the beach? Well, that's where my mom's going. I thought you were just going to do it. My mom's making me go. When I get home, I'm going to do it. Okay, promise? I'm going kayaking anyways. Haha, <laughs> you love kayaking. Yep, smiley face. Something I wish we could have done, frowny face. Make sure you take your son kayaking, smiley face. Haha, of course I will. Smiley face. Now, I want to put a quick note in because I noticed by Abby's facial expression when she went to read that line, she was like, son? Question mark? Um, She does not have a kid at this point. There were conversations between Michelle and Conrad that we're not going to read, but um, there were texts where Conrad was telling Michelle she should name her future son after him. And she said that she was hoping he'd be the dad, but he won't. So they were just talking about what he should do in the future what she should do for her son in the future and so this next conversation takes place at 4 50 p.m on the 12th like i don't want to kill anyone else with me you won't when they open the door they won't know it's odorless and colorless you're overturning they will see the generator and realize you breathed in co so should i keep it in the back seat or front in front you could write on a piece of paper and tape it on saying carbon monoxide or something if you're scared I was thinking that, but someone might see it before it actually happens. Well, wait. The generator is going to be on because you'll be passed out, so they'll know you're used carbon poisoning. Dead. Asterisk. This next conversation is same day, 7-12, around 5-15 p.m. You're fine. It's going to be okay. You just got to do it, babe. You can't think about it. Okay. Okay, I got this. Yes, you do. I believe in you. Did you delete the messages? Yes, but you're going to keep messaging me. I will until you turn on the generator. And then this is our last set of text messages from them at 6.07 on the 12th. Are you going to do it now? I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Say you're going to the store or something. Like, I want them to know I love them. They know. That's one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. I know. You just have to do do it like you said. Are you going to do it now? I haven't left yet, haha. Why? Leave in now. Okay, you can do this. Okay, I'm almost there. Okay. 
this part of the conversation's at 9.19, so it's been about three hours later, and these messages are only from Michelle. Please answer me. I'm scared. Are you okay? I love you. Please answer. You're at your dad's. Camden told me. I'll get you help soon, I guess. All right, Abby. Was that your first time reading the messages between the two of them? You know, I I remember when this case happened, and I remember hearing about it and maybe reading, like, a couple little snippets of them. And I remember thinking, it's a tough situation she was in. But, like, I'm going to be honest, reading through these now and we only gave you a very small, small portion of what all there is. So glimpsing at the other texts too, it kind of changes my view on the situation a little bit. It's almost like he's obviously second guessing it. And if someone would have been like, let's get you help, maybe it would have gone a different direction. Yeah, I completely agree um i think that's why i spent so much time reading through these text messages with you guys is because i think that they play a a crucial part in the story of what happened between michelle and conrad and truly the amount we guys gave you is literally just like the bit needed to get it across just reading through and erica sent me screenshots of some of the messages we're going to be reading and just reading the ones that we don't have highlighted it's even it's more intense than you could even than you can really tell someone like I recommend anybody going to read them if you really want to get a good idea of what was happening yeah and there there was another one um so obviously all of these that we read um all came from the same day they all came from July 12th so this is the day that you know he did end up committing suicide This doesn't even include all of the text messages in the weeks before leading up to this. There was one text from Michelle at one point to Conrad asking Conrad to make his last tweet about her, which kind of made me very disgusted. The whole thing like puts a pit in your stomach. Yeah, it very much so does. So we find out some more information about the 12th, kind of what happened. Like I said, were all those text messages that we read. There were two phone calls between Michelle and Conrad, one that lasted for 43 minutes that night and one that lasted for 47 minutes that night. So originally Conrad had called Michelle. At some point, the phone call disconnected and Michelle called back for that 47 minute phone call. While they were on the phone, Conrad was sitting in his car with the generator going and he kept telling Michelle he was in so much pain and Michelle just kept saying do it you're it's okay to be scared her exact quote it's okay to be scared I mean you're about to die end quote like which goes to show she very clearly knew what she was pushing at one point during this awful situation while they were on the phone um Conrad did get out of the car and went to leave because he's like, I can't do this. I, I don't want to die. Like, I changed my mind. And Michelle convinced him to get back into the truck and finish it. I'm not surprised considering all the messages they had shared prior. Yeah. She told him that he would be free and happy once he had died and that he just needed to do it. It's a weird situation, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this more in part two, but... It 
clearly there's a lot of mental instability happening on both ends of the situation and it makes it hard and like i think too it's important to remember like these are kids it's not adults making rational decisions in any sense of that and so it's just it's such a hard thing to to see and on that you know you said there's a lot of mental illnesses going on between the two so it's very clear that conrad struggled with depression um it's it was talked about i'll go into that more in part two i'll go a little bit more into some of their stuff too in part two michelle stuff but michelle and conrad had both been taking medication at the time that is believed to possibly have had some influence on the decisions that they made this night and in the nights leading up to it um something that i hadn't mentioned yet michelle had actually in her text messages to conrad over the last few weeks had been giving him different ways to kill himself um she had told him he could drink bleach he could hang himself he could jump off of a building he could stab himself she said you know there's lots of ways you just you have to do it in february of 2015 michelle carter was arrested and charged with involuntary manslaughter for the death of conrad roy she was then booked and released on bail the following day. Join us back for part two to hear the trial and to hear some more twists and turns in this story. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.